Hi, right. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I always want to say good morning. Because <laughs> well, always... normally it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a Monday here at the moment. Normally the kids would be at school, but we're snowed in. Yeah. So, so if you hear some screaming and shouting in the background, that's because the kids are currently throwing themselves down in the front garden, down our slope, on a sledge. <laughs> so you might hear some random screaming in the background. Um, cool. So we're on episode... 56. 56. So what are we talking about today? Um, so yesterday we were talking about um, should you have a blog for your business and we touched on um, kind of email um, newsletters and things and you said is that um, still kind of a valid way to market and to get in touch with your audience. Um, oh, sending emails. Yeah, so yeah. I wanted to kind of elaborate on that because yes, it very much is. Um, okay. uh, but because you kind of said that, I thought well, maybe other people are thinking that maybe email's not so efficient or it's a bit dead. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk about how you can get your emails opened and how you can kind of uh, connect with your audience on email. Yeah, because it's also important to be able to measure it as well, right? So you're going to be covering that in terms yeah, of... Um, to be able to measure it, um, but also just email is is important because it's there's no distraction there. And also because you own it. Yeah? Right. Um, you can shout on Facebook and Instagram as much as you like. You can build up this wonderful following yeah. and in an instant Instagram or Facebook or whatever could be gone. Well, actually, it's quite interesting as well because I had not thought about this before, but yeah, you can put... A piece of content on social media and you can have 150 let's say you've got a thousand people that are following you on social media yeah we've talked about this in a previous episode facebook will determine that it will only show generally two percent of your audience mm -hmm. the content that you've just put on there yeah so i suppose if you had a thousand email content contacts mm -hmm. then your way it's and who are engaged with your content and mm -hmm. um, then every one of those thousand will receive their email. Yeah, won't they? and so. even if you did have um, on Facebook, you know, your advert was shown to everybody that likes your page or whatever, they're so distracted by so many other things when they're yeah. looking at that, that even if they saw it, they they might not register it or they'd only be on it for a few seconds and then distracted by something else. Yeah. Um, and then even if you've got like a group or like a, and a community of, of people that are very much your community on Facebook, which is still something you definitely should kind of do, um, but it, again, it, it's theirs. It's not yours. Mm. So Facebook could go down overnight, and you wouldn't. You've have lost everything. To, yeah, exactly. So it's um, it's it's email is one of the only places that's truly yours. Got you. So it's it's the one place where you can not do what you like, but you know you've got control over that medium. Yeah, and I suppose you should, there's there's two different ways of dealing with email, isn't there? Is there's the standard kind of response type email that you get if so if you get an inquiry. Yeah. And there's certain rules that are applied to to make sure that that is a, is as effective as possible. Mm -hmm. So there's that, mm -hmm. and then there's email list generation. Yeah. And 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 cultivating a list and like getting as much out of that list as possible isn't there there's, yeah. there's like two separate yeah. activities well i'm actually going to cover building your list next week next marketing monday okay so this this week is all about emailing your your list already if you've got one right. even, even if you've not got one what to email your actual customers or yeah because it's kind of an interest it's kind of what we're involved in at the moment yeah. right so for so this episode we're recording right now in january of 2021 so as everybody knows, 2020 sucked. Mm -hmm. um, one of our... 2021's not much better so far. <laughs> 2021's, yeah, proving a bit of an interesting start with <laughs> lockdowns across the UK at the moment yeah. and, and things like that. But um, so one of our businesses, Smiley Booth, Photo Booth Hire, is in the events industry. And in fact, we have somebody in the events industry joining us on Thursday. a podcast on Thursday. Yeah, to discuss a bit more about this. But the events industry was essentially just shut down mm -hmm. for the last 12 months and um, as a lot of industries are but the problem with the events industry um, in of itself is that it's a it requires a certain amount of confidence for things to happen yeah. a, a certain amount of optimism um, because and it's forward planning yeah, yeah. and and because it's a, it's not always um, a necessity for people it's it's not something that somebody has to do it's not yeah. like it's not like i don't know if you're it's if your plumbing's broke yeah if your yeah. plumbing's broke you've got to get a plumber yeah. in you know it's like but you don't necessarily have to go to that festival down the road or, yeah. or in june you know it's like 
So, and also the other aspect with events is that all the money, no, well, sorry, rather, no money normally is made until post-event. Mm-hmm. Like once it's all sold out and done and everything else. So, but all the expense is all front-loaded yeah. with events. So, so the reason why I'm talking about the events is because we're we're very optimistic about this year. Yeah. Um, in terms, of, well, for lots of reasons. Um, but in terms of the events industry stuff, we're like, right, okay, we need Smiley Booth to be basically front and center with all the events companies in the UK yeah. and building lots of relationships. So email's yeah. one of the core ways well, to react. Well, and just touching base with our existing customers as well, because um, especially our couples, because they've gone through hell and back, a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, um, somebody that emailed us yesterday is like on their fourth rearrangement of for their, their wedding for their wedding date, you know, so... So they've been going through it. So you want to just kind of reassure them that we're, you know, we're still here. We're we're still gonna um try and accommodate your new your date changes as much as we can, yeah. and and you know we're we're here to do what we can for you. And it's just letting people know, it, it's that human element, you know, letting yeah. people know that you're there. Um, it's not just an automated robot that's responding to them. Even if you use automation, you can still respond in a personal way. Yeah, I mean, automation is really important for email, anyway, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, are you right if we just cover automation for inquiry yeah, stuff very quickly? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not part of your... Nope. Okay, cool. Because it's one of the things that we teach our franchisees about right from the early stages. Yeah. Um, so um, most of the time, if you're in small business, what will tend to happen, especially if you've got a website and so on, which most small businesses tend to have, you'll get, inquir- you'll get inquiries hopefully through that website, whether it's through some marketing activities you've done or it's organically or it's SEO or whatever it is, right? So the, the problem is what tends to happen is people can be very slow in responding to inquiries mm-hmm. um, because you might be, if you're a one-man band, for example, you're, the priority often is to deliver the service first. So if you're going back to the plumber analogy I just used, mm-hmm. if you're a plumber and you're turning up to someone's house and that house is flooded, then your priority is to stop the bloody house being flooded, right? Yeah. It's not to be on your phone responding to inquiries, yeah. right? So... It, so having an automation in response to inquiries that come through your website is really, one, really important because it mitigates those times when you can't necessarily be on top mm-hmm. of it and, and responding. And people want an immediate response. This it, is the issue in today's society. Yeah, and it, more than ever. Yeah. Like there's, there's no patience no, anymore. It's, it's the first to respond is most likely to close a sale, providing yeah. the... If you, were, if you were to suggest that all responses were of equal value. Yeah. Right? So... So that's, um, and there's actually some data around this, yeah, right? Yeah. If there's something crazy, like if you respond to an email, to an inquiry via email within the first two minutes, you are something like 98% more likely to convert that into a sale yeah. than if you waited longer than two minutes. Yeah. And of course, that's an impossible yeah. task yeah. to do on a human level, right? Mm-hmm. Because you might get an inquiry at 11 o'clock at night yeah. or, or whatever. So. So automation is really important, and we do hear, we have received in the past from clients um, when we've um, put them through some like kind of done some mm-hmm. of their marketing for them, or from our franchisees mm-hmm. and things like that, where they they would turn around and go, well, I like write my own personalized emails mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, well, that's great, make it a personalized automated email. Yeah. It doesn't need to be some generic one size fits all. It can be, so for example, for us within the photo booth hire. The, the conversation that we would have with someone who's inquiring about having a photo booth for a wedding is very different to somebody who's using us for a, as part of their marketing campaign yeah. for a product launch, right? So, but the, the systems are now so sophisticated that when you get an acknowledgement of that inquiry, it will tell you what they're interested in, mm-hmm. providing it's built right in yeah. the first place. Which So the automated response can complement that need. Mm-hmm. and. That, and people are smart to it nowadays because people yeah. are aware of automation nowadays. Mm. Um, you know, you, you you can be authentic and honest in it and say something along the lines of, yeah, this is an automated email, but we just wanted to make sure that you knew that we got your inquiry and we'll be in touch in a, in a couple of hours or whatever it is that you can yeah. actually get in touch. But that, that's what I see a lot nowadays, that people are acknowledging that, yes, it is an automated response. Um, yeah, the, the response itself is more important than anything else. Yeah. The fact that you're giving a response. Yeah. And yeah, that's really smart when they yeah. call out the automation at first. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit like the... Um... Sorry, I was just going to say, and there's ways you can also put into that, like um, we talked <coughs> about the blog yesterday, 
So it might be that, you know, we'll come, we'll definitely pick up the phone to you in the next few, however many hours, but in the meantime, these blogs might help you on whatever yeah. it is. You know, you can tie those things in. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, it's, that you should absolutely, in your business, um, you should have like a baseline level of, um, like kind of noise, content creation or responses, noise kind of stuff that happen on uh, automation. So the everything that every time that you're then in the video, in, in the business rather, you're just adding value. You're not. It's it's not like okay when you're not on it, nothing happens, right? It's mm-hmm. so that goes for your social media. We talked about this in the previous episode about scheduling mm-hmm. social media posts and all this kind of stuff. The more you can automate and schedule, the the more consistent your approach looks to the outside world. And then and then when you do have five minutes to respond personally to something or do something personally it's on top of that it's not complete silence then something complete yeah, yeah. silence which is the worst thing in the world yeah. to do in your business yeah absolutely so should we dive in to some of the tips of to how to uh, get your emails opened mm-hmm. um, and read and just really kind of connect uh, with your audience so um, the first one is is um, personalization so you don't want an email that's saying hi there or you know, dear Hi, sir. friend. I've seen hi, friend, hi friend a lot. Yeah, um, like, well, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> all of these kind of things. Um, you you know, you really want to get somebody's name. So, you know, hi, Lee, mm-hmm. hi, Kate, whatever it, whatever it, whoever it is, um, as much as you can. And you can take that further as well by, as you said, um, from some of the reasons as to why they've inquired. You know, somebody's mm-hmm. inquired about a wedding, for example. Um, if they've gone through your website, you're going to have basic details from them from your opt-in form so their email maybe their telephone number which is a good idea if you can get it um name surname um and maybe why they're inquiring well your opt-in forms on your website is uh, there's a really fine balance yeah. isn't there yeah. because you want just enough information to make sure that you're giving relevant interesting content yes. but you don't want to be asking too much information that the number of times people actually fill it in reduces oh off. god i used to have a client that his opt-in form was so detailed yeah i remember yeah. and um and he his justification was well i don't want people that aren't prepared to fill in my form because i need to know that they've got a certain budget etc etc which it was I, like an application form yeah which i can understand i do get his point but there was no way I would have filled in that form as a first-time inquiry. It was, I was yeah. just saying, I said, can't be bothered. <laughs> it was so detailed. Well, it's that concept of, I mean, that was, he, he was looking for a sale all the time, wasn't yeah. he? And he wanted, he was basically asking the customer to do all the donkey work for the sales process. Yeah. So all he on was basically... On that very first contact. Exactly. Yeah. So he was basically just, and that was a confidence thing on his part, yeah. right? That was, um, like, he didn't feel like he could close the sale himself. Mm. So he wanted... All these interactions to be entirely positive and yeah. they're closed. But your um your you should the more information you can get out of somebody, the the more your your automation yes. aspect can be become more sophisticated. Yes. Right? But you don't necessarily have to always ask for all of that information up front. No, exactly. It's kind of a step process. But if you can get a few key details mm-hmm. um, from somebody right at the at the beginning, then then that first kind of email will be very personal. You know, hi, such and such, congratulations on your engagement. And then you can go into the, the details of, yeah. of your email. Um, and, and that just, just puts you on the right footing with someone, doesn't it? It just, mm-hmm. it just gets you across the line, yeah? Yeah, and you should have two different types of, like in my simple brain on it, mm-hmm. that I think there should be, as a bare minimum, there should be two different types of opt-ins. Mm-hmm. There should be like kind of one which is like, your, to fit your buy now type of customers, yeah. right? So in a previous episode, we talked about there was there was some stuff done where they identified that only over three percent of your entire market space is actually in the buy now category. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is need to know more or um, or whatever it is, whatever it is, yeah. all the way down to just not interested at all right now. So um, so you should have something that qualifies the buy now community, but then you should have an opt-in aspect that is about giving them more information yeah. so it, with the more value people, yeah so yeah. it's like okay look we get you might not be ready for buying a, like hiring a photo booth hire for smiley mm-hmm. booth right now but what do you want this checklist to, which will be a guide of how to choose the perfect supplier for your event yeah yeah and we'll keep you informed of like we'll keep you up to date with all the right strategies and everything yeah. else to make sure your event goes off perfectly mm-hmm. 
So they're two different types of customer um, engagement strategies with your service, yeah. right? Because you've got a buy now and you've got a, yeah, I'm willing to learn more from you. as Well, that's just the, the first step as well, because also you've, there's a third. If right. you've already got customers, and yeah. especially this, this works especially well for product businesses. So people that have bought from products from you in the past, which obviously you've got their email address because they bought something from you, um, is recommending stuff for them in the future. Yeah. Um, and those, you know, those emails that you get that recommended for you, you know, products that have been pitched specifically that you would like yeah you know, amazon obviously does it very well um lots of lots of companies do that is is really personal and i, I think spotify do it brilliantly yeah. um because they'll often send emails like um you know artists that you're used to listening to if they've released something new mm. or um if they've got a concert coming up or something like that and it's really smart because they'll give you these kind of little surprises that you yeah. weren't expecting um and it's really personalized content for you yeah and, and you can build that in your own business yeah. it's like that's not something that's unique to the big players like no. small businesses can do that reasonably easy with the right the right system yeah but these these those three stretches that we just talked about um, it's why you see when you go on websites, it's like download this PDF and all yeah. this kind of stuff. It's because most businesses who are reasonably uh, marketing savvy will understand that, that those those different dynamics. And But it's not to say just because I can't sell to you now, I won't be able to sell to you in the future. But yeah. I definitely, my chances of selling to you in the future, if you don't give me any information today, are far more reduced, if not completely gone entirely yeah unless you give me some kind of information about yourself today yeah so, so helping with the personalization is, is segmentation which right. ensures that you're delivering the right email to the right person at the right time mm. um, and there's loads of ways that you can segment your list um with um, email tools which I'll, I'll come to some of the tools in a minute um but you know it might be age it might be sex it might be where they live um it might be what they've bought from you in the past it might be how long ago you interacted with them there's, there's so many ways that you can kind of segregate to be able to create specific email campaigns for those people yeah yeah well and that is it segregate or segmentation 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 mm -hmm. right okay yeah because that's that's super important in terms of understanding your sales pipeline as well yes, right yeah. because you'll you'll see okay well when they're at this particular point then they're more likely to buy than if i did this yeah particular. so you'll only show them certain pieces of content depending yeah. on where they are in your sales pipeline and i i've really been switched off by stuff in the past when it's asking me to buy something that I've, I've already bought I'm like oh, you don't you've got no idea about your oh. customers at all <laughs> you know, you get, or if they, get, or they call you the wrong name yeah oh god yeah if you get an email from somebody and they're clearly automated and it's like hi Gary it's like I'm yeah not Gary or hi or, or, or your second name or something hi Johnson yeah rather yeah, yeah, than yeah. Your, your first yeah anything like that, that that shows that they're not paying attention to the, the kind of detail of their customers is, yeah. is a big turn off so yeah so segmentation is a really important piece but yeah, it has to be done correctly. You have to work you, on getting it right. Yeah, because if, if you if you mismatch a yeah. group, it's um and we're, like we're not immune to that. Oh, it I mean, does I, happen. Yeah. We, we've made that mistake with the franchisees, or or to be honest, not necessarily our our mistake, but somebody's inquired for the wrong area for no apparent reason. They yeah. they've filled in the inquiry forms for the wrong people. And then they're getting emails for Cyprus when yeah. they're getting married in England, and you're like, uh, no. <laughs> well, it's also understanding the uh, the your data management, the quality of your data, is 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 like so so important. Like how you when you when you collect a piece of information about somebody, uh, uh, or you learn something new about somebody, that you update the record accordingly. Yeah. So whether that's because they've made made a sale or or they've inquired about something else or anything else, you have to update that information at the time because you'll forget. Like if you don't do it at the time that you learn about it, in a week's time you won't remember yeah. any of it. And this is a problem that we've had on numerous occasions when we've done campaign work for on behalf of franchisees, right? Yeah. Where we'll we'll talk to the franchise network and we'll say to them, right, okay, look, guys, we've got this campaign coming up for. I don't know, wedding fair season, which starts, funny enough, next month, mm -hmm. right? So it's like we want to send out a load of uh, emails and camp engagement strategies to people that inquired, that um, are getting married, who haven't booked yet, and it's and their date's not passed yet. So and it's like, oh, wonderful. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And we're going to do this, we're going to do that for them, and all this kind of stuff. And don't worry, franchisees, we'll manage it all for you. Yeah. And they're like, that sounds amazing. But where it falls down 
is they won't update their customer records. Yeah. So they'll learn something new about the customer, um, whether it's a change of day or whether the event's been cancelled yeah. or something like that. And But that, they'll know about that on an email they've received, but they won't update the records. So all of these emails go out. Yeah. This campaign goes out to these people. And then it falls flat mm. on a big percentage of it because the records yeah. aren't. So data management yes. and data integrity when it comes to email lists and, and all that kind of stuff is and critical. That's, that can also be an excuse to reach out to your customers as well. You know, If, you, if your customers mm. have gone quiet um, on you and they've not been engaging with um, your email content that you've been sending out, drop an email and say why, you know, because yeah. things change all the time for people and everybody's busy. So, do you know, just drop an email like, do you still want to be hearing from me? Uh, you have, you know, you haven't responded in a while or is this still the right email address for you or anything that, that could help your product? You want, you want a fresh list. And if they yeah. turn around and say, yeah, I'm not interested anymore, it doesn't matter. There's other yeah. people, you know, you don't. Oh, always, yeah. It's not the size of the list that matters. It, it really, in this case, it really is a quality thing rather than a quantity yeah. thing. Um, so you, 100 engaged, interested co uh, customers on your email is way better than, you know, 5,000 people that just couldn't care less. Oh, God, yeah. So, I mean, the well, especially with GDPR now as well. Yeah. So with GDPR, if you're in Europe and the UK and so on, you can't just, like bombard people with emails. No. It's just it's, it's you'll get fined. So, um, yeah, the quality of and the relevance of the lead mm -hmm. base is really important. And that's why sometimes when you see people saying, "Build a list and buy my list from over here and buy a list from over there," <coughs> it's like, well, okay, well, do these people know who you are and are they interested in what you're offering? It's like it's way better to cultivate that list. Yeah, first. yeah, you shouldn't just buy lists. But I mean, by all means, businesses, um, you can still cold email with mm -hmm. the whole GDPR thing, yeah. but pe people you can't, not in Europe, um, the, the rules are different in America, um, but but yeah, don't just, even even with business, don't just buy a bog list, because we've, we've bought lists back in the day, haven't we? And Well, we still do when it's B2B. Yeah, but you have to, even some of the lists we've bought, you which are, you know, rep reputable, I never know that word. Reputable. Re reputable um, companies. Reputable. <laughs> Um, they, we've still had to go through that list with a fine tooth comb. Oh, it's still and, a lot of work. It's yeah. not, yeah. I mean, we've we've accumulated quite decent size lists in the past, yeah. but yeah, you still then have to sift through everything and make sure it's it's correctly put together. Yeah. Because again, it's data integrity. Because yeah. what you don't want is to send something out and then find half of it you're getting complaints for or whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. It's like not for any well for lots of reasons, but one of the main reasons why is, is if you're ought you don't want to send an individual email every time you want to run a campaign mm -hmm. because as a business owner, part of your job should be about like building lists of fans of your business, right? Who are both past and, and potential future customers, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's an asset within your company, right? But clearly, no business owner has the time to be able to send an individual email every time. So mm -hmm. If you're doing a Black Friday offer, for example, yeah. or like the Spotify thing that you mentioned earlier, that's a that's an automated email that goes out, and a percentage of those people that receive that email would then engage with it. But to do automation, you need to use a system, a, a, a separate system like a Mailchimp or something like yeah. that to be able to send that. The tolerances of complaints from the recipients of those emails to whether you can continue using something like MailChimp and that is tiny, absolutely tiny. If you, yeah. if you get, uh, I can't remember what it is, like in some I've seen like if 1% mm -hmm. complain about your, um, about the email that they've received, yeah. you'll lose your account, mm -hmm. 1%. So you think, oh, okay, well that, that's, that's tiny. It's not if you send 100 emails, only one and you've <laughs> lost your account, yeah. right? So. You've got to be really, really careful about, um, yeah, just how you're cultivating a list and how you're engaging yeah. that list and being very upfront about why you're sending content. Yes, but at the same time, don't be afraid to send lots of emails because we've had that from people before, haven't yeah. we? That, oh, I don't want to send them another email because, you know, I sent them an email a couple of days ago. That's okay. As long as you are genuinely sending emails and as long as when you do get somebody say, look, I'm not interested, can you unsubscribe me? That and you do that, 
you're still very much within the parameters of sending and well, hang on, stop. Sorry, what do you mean by genuinely sending emails? Because if you are either sending an email or not sending, well, no, so what do you mean? I know what you mean, but somebody listening to that. Yeah, I mean, like you're you're sending emails of value. There we go. That's you're not I mean. just saying bye 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 bye. <laughs> yeah, it's like let me fill your inbox because that was a tactic back in the day. Yes. If you go back a few years ago, yeah. it was it one tactic was like if I had a fifty pound discount or offer on my service. If I just flood your inbox with a hundred emails a day, saying yeah. 50, it's like you're going to see it, and it's it's all in that effort to rise above the competition and yeah. the noise, isn't it? But you but you do still need to send a, a fair few, um, and um, you know I I'd say that all of the great marketers that I'm interested in and I'm on their lists, I get at least I'd say at least two or three a week. Oh, easily, um, yeah. The ones when it becomes annoying is when it's multiple times, um, like even a day. Um, yeah. And those often get an immediate unsubscribe from me because my, my inbox is busy enough. But you've got to understand that people's inboxes are busy and they, they're most likely to have missed your email. So sending another one a couple of days later is, is no problem. No, it's, 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 a, it's imperative. It's yeah. not just not a problem. No. You have to do it. Because if you think about the way you engage with... Because um, we're all the same in this, right? That... How many times do you have to see a piece of content from the, a company mm. before you actually determine that, okay, I'm ready to buy now? Mm. And that's not once. It's never once. No. Like, you have to see... I can't remember... We, we talked about this in a previous episode. It's something like between... To even get somebody just to return um, and re-engage with you, it's something like six to 12 times, six to 12 pieces of content they have to see yeah. before they even start communicating with you. So, um, and that's even after they may have inquired yeah. with you, you have to do that. And we see this in Smiley Build all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. We, we track, because some of our, some of the feedback that we have from our franchisees is, is exactly what you described. Exactly, like, they well, worry, send. Yeah. So we were like, okay, we'll send the emails on your behalf, guys. And, and, we would watch the engagement rate for, um, like, the people would inquire and then they, they do nothing with the emails. And then on email six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. then they come back and go, yeah, I'm now interested. Yeah. And it's and you have to see that all the time. There was uh, Dan, oh, who's the guy that did that book that we both liked? Um, oversubscribed. Priestley. Dan Priestley. Yeah. He talked about some ludicrous number of hours of content that you have to have online. Like for somebody to, to someone to go from zero to actually being a customer, there was six to 12 contact like contacts, yeah. but it was also, among, it wasn't like six to 12 emails. It was like they have to watch X number of hours worth of video content value. Yeah. They have to listen to X number of audio. They have to, all of this stuff before they actually yeah. come back and engage with you. And, and backing it up with something like WhatsApp or <coughs> Messenger um, or even text message is also a, a really good idea because um, particularly text message nowadays because that's not a used medium very much now. You can really stand out by sending somebody a text message. Um, and there's again, there's tools that you can use so you're not physically there sending people text yeah. messages um, that can actually build into some of your e email campaigns because we use HubSpot and that, that connects with text marketer, right? Am I right in thinking that? Uh, it's not text marketer, but it has a text aspect right. to it. Yeah, so HubSpot is a customer management system that we use for Smiley Booth and uh, Photo Booth Hire, and it's awesome. It's a really good platform. And one of the things, one of the strategies that we put in place Cost a bit more money to do it. Yeah, um, it does cost per text, but it's not. A it's lot. not it's a like, huge amount. It's not. It doesn't. It, it's, it's a few, yeah. Few it just. It just. It, as you're dealing with a lot of people, yeah. obviously the cost goes up. But um, one of the things that we found was years ago we we worked this out that the um, the people would inquire with us. We'd then respond with an email to them, answering their inquiry, and then we wouldn't hear from them again, and. Um, and then we'd send like the second email, third email, fourth email, whatever it is. And then they'd come back and go, I didn't receive my, I didn't receive yeah. response to my initial inquiry. And what was happening was because we were a business emailing to a customer, and you'll see this all the time in your small business, that your, your thing, oh, I'm getting these inquiries, but I'm not, they're not coming back to me. It must be something wrong with the way I'm writing or anything like this. What's actually happening is because your business emailing a customer and you might have included things like hyperlinks, 
or, yeah. or like going off to your website or you might have included a PDF mm-hmm. or something in your email. The problem is when you're a business sending that to a person, that person's email filter will flag your email and say, hang on, this has got hyperlinks, this has got an attachment on it, this is probably spam. Yeah. And it will dump it immediately into the spam folder. And so, and that happens at a huge chunk of the time, right? Yeah. So, um, so what we did to mitigate that issue was we were like, okay, every email, uh, every new inquiry we get, every an email response we send, or first email response we send, we're going to immediately send a text message yeah. two minutes after that to them saying, we have just, thank you for your inquiry, we've just sent you an email confirming. Yeah. So that meant that we had to have their mobile phone numbers mm-hmm. as part of the opt-in form. Mm-hmm. So again, it's making sure you get as much information. Which you don't always get. Um, but when we did have uh, able to text people, or you can WhatsApp, which is another WhatsApp for businesses. Well, maybe you've got their mobile. Yeah, you've got yeah, WhatsApp. Um, is of doing things now. Um, but we find the response on those oh, huge. way higher than the response to email. Um, just to say, yeah, yeah, I did get your email, thank you. Um, or no, I haven't had a chance to look yet. Or but you get the you get the answers that you're craving. Yeah from that medium, even though the, the detail is in the email. So, cause you might be thinking, oh, well I'll just WhatsApp and not bother with email. Yeah. Um, but the email g- gives you a chance to kind of explain and make it long form. Yeah, yeah it's your long form yeah. sales letter, your exactly. email, isn't it, yeah. Um, and your, your WhatsApp and your text messages and that kind of thing is just the kind of backup. So it, it's, it's about understanding that your customer doesn't necessarily not want to hear from you. That, that's mm. what a lot of people panic about, that, oh, I'm bothering people, they don't want to hear from me. It's not that, it's just people are busy yeah. and you have to find ways of kind of cutting through the noise. Uh, and if they don't, not interested, they'll tell you. And only if we only, you know, we get unsubscribed like everybody does. And only every now and then do we get somebody that gets a bit grumpy. Going, oh, you've been well, we always, well, we <laughs> always say, we know when we're, we're sending the right volume of content yeah. now, when a percentage come back and go, you've sent me loads of emails. It's like, oh, great. Okay, yeah. well, we, we, we've hit... And normally it's a tiny percentage, yeah. but um, and that's not a complaint that like you're referring to earlier, because you're you're referring to if they actually complain to your um, email management provider. System, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. And that's if you're really spamming. And I I think I've only ever had a couple of those myself. Um, and there was one company, interestingly enough, that um, he was. Oh, what where you complained? Uh, yeah, where no. um, I yeah yeah. Um, where he was part of a, another company and went solo um, and set up his own business. And then, oh, drove us nuts. Yeah, started emailing people from the original list, which wasn't on anyway. Um, yeah, he swiped the list from his, pre- his, effectively his previous employer. Yeah. Yeah. But, so that, that wasn't on anyway um, and, and is against GDPR, etc. But I... I, I think this was pre-GDPR. Was it? Maybe. I don't know, maybe. But I, I kind of let it, let it go because... It, He's a fantastic copywriter and his, his content is normally quite interesting. So I was mm. happy to kind of receive the, the emails. But they were so much that in the end, I was just emailing going, this isn't on, can you please stop emailing? And I had unsubscribed three times. Yeah, well, so, we, we, we then, because um, we were talking to some other business associates of ours mm-hmm. and they had the same experience yeah. from this individual because they ended up being on this guy's list as yeah. well. And in fact, one of those, one of our business associates got really angry about it because, because it's one, and this is the thing, right? You've got to respect people. When someone says, I don't want to hear from you again, don't take it personally, but respect the fact that they don't want to hear from you again. Right. So if, if they ask for you to be removed, if they ask to be removed from your records or to be unsubscribed, I mean, my personal philosophy is if someone's asking to be unsubscribed from my database, it's like, I don't need them in my database yeah, at all. Yeah, it's like don't. There's there's some uh, schools of thought that say, oh yeah, just keep them as unsubscribed, but keep them on your list. It's like, well, what's the point? Yeah, you know, it's just let them go. There's plenty more fish out there. Yeah, don't yeah. don't worry about that. But yeah, he, that individual kept re just basically just kept putting you into a different list. Yeah, and kept remarketing. Yeah, and it it, it, it it's a real shame because the um that type of behaviour destroyed the respect that mm-hmm. he'd games right Um, but interestingly enough um that business um i I don't know if i'm if i went back on their email list or if if they never took me off even though i asked you 
but they have a very different approach now where um, and this is really interesting in terms of getting your emails opened because right. the emails come from different people, different members yeah. of their team all the time. And I don't know if these are real members of the team or fictional members of the team, but it's always a, a, a name, Yeah. Um, which I don't know about you, but I always open an email, which is just a, a name rather than yeah. a company because I, it feels like somebody's just trying to talk to me, especially yeah. if it's a name I don't recognize. I'm like, oh, who's that then? <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. And then just a very kind of short, catchy title um, that make, again makes me want to open it. And... I couldn't tell you now how many emails I get from that because they're always different, different people, different people right? um, and they're actually normally very good story-led content, so I am yeah. actually interested in opening it. So the well, tactics are very it. different. Well, yeah. this is the thing as well to remember is like as a consumer, like, there's a, like, there is a definite science around emails and um, and when if you get the right platform to manage your emails, um, if even if you're sending emails manually, you should always try and send it through a platform that actually gives you an indication as to well, how many people are opening the email, how many people are clicking the links on the email and all this kind of stuff. Because those metrics are super important to understand what your engagement is and whether somebody's actually interested. Yeah. And they'll be measuring your open rate and everything else. And they'll yeah. be like, okay, well, Kate's not bought from us yet. But at the last 100 emails we've sent, she's opened 40 of them and yeah. she's clicked links on this. And so they'll just keep feeding you content. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we, had, we have the same dynamics set up in our, in Smiley Booth, Photo Booth Hire, mm-hmm. where, and again, this is a conversation we've had with franchisees on a number of occasions, where we'll put a pitch together, for example, for an events company, right? So events, co- we get uh, asked... Um, from different companies around the planet to do um, to do some really interesting product launch stuff mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff from some really large companies, and um, and you get really excited as a, as for us, don't we? We're like because we work with like Adidas and oh, just a huge number of of companies, but Disney, McDonald's, yeah, Disney, McDonald's, like loads of people, um, so you get really excited when people like that come to you and say, okay, I'll, we want this, and they and then they want it now, so mm-hmm. you drop everything. You put the pitch together and you send it to them and then it goes quiet mm. and um, sometimes it's really difficult for our franchisees to understand they're like well they're not they haven't come back should I do anything and what we do is we just look at the stats yeah and we can see really clearly okay well look they're still opening the email and they're clicking the links we may not have heard from them for the last week but over the last week that email has been open 40 times and the clicks the, yeah, it's and they, been clicked sharing on. it with their team or whatever it exactly is, yeah. so we can see there's engagement happening with that piece of content so we don't need to necessarily worry too much mm. um and yeah having that statistical data is really important yeah so t- talking about uh, data and also um open rates uh so that so there's a few kind of points here so um Within your numbers, uh, the, the industry kind of standard for open rates is between 15 to 25%. So obviously, if you've got 100 people on you, you've sent 100 emails, you're looking for 15 to 25 of those to be opened as, a, as an industry standard. So well, that, well, that's amazing when you compare it to what I talked about earlier about Facebook. Yeah. If you put a post, you could work really hard on creating a very specific, great offer type post on your mm-hmm. Facebook page to your 100 people followers mm-hmm. and only two of those people will actually see it yeah and even paid ads um you know as much as paid ads are, are great you're obviously paying for that ad whereas if somebody's opened your email you haven't paid anything they're, yeah. they're just there they're, they're your already your your customers in, in a way and i'd be really sorry just just to i know i keep taking us off on tangents but <laughs> just i'd be really curious we should do this on a, on a future episode we should get somebody in who's um it's super good with Facebook ads and stuff mm-hmm. because the um, I've noticed that I noticed on our some of our social media accounts if I boost a post mm-hmm. I will get people that so our target area say like London just for argument's sake for Smiley Booth Photo Booth Hire mm-hmm. I'll get a load of foreign accounts yes like that aren't, aren't legitimate accounts yeah right there when I say they're not legitimate guys I'm talking about um, if you look at their profile you'll see that they'll, they'll be posting like 50 times a day mm-hmm. and it'll be sharing posts or it'll be... Maybe you're boosting and not targeting. But this way. is... Yeah, but no, but you can still target on a boost, mm. right? So my point is that... So that I, I so I thought, okay, well, maybe that's an issue with that particular following for that particular company that we have, mm-hmm. right? So that particular social media page. So I tried the same thing on Smiling Entrepreneurs because it's so new. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I'll just try a little boost and see what happens. 
same thing happened. Mm. I got a lot of fake accounts liking the liking the page or liking the content. Mm. And that's really... So, See, I never boost. No. I've always been or maybe to it was stay an away ad. from boosting. Maybe it was an ad. It was either an ad or a boost, but fundamentally it's, I don't see that there's much difference mm. because you're, you're paying... You are, or, but I think boosting, uh, Facebook just treats boosting differently. Okay. Well, whatever it is, yeah. I think there's something fun... Like, to me, there's alarm bells there. There's something yeah, fundamentally course, yeah, broken yeah. by that social media platform yeah. that I can't target my audience yeah. without giving spending a certain piece of that money on fake accounts. Yeah, yeah. Which you don't have that issue on emails. Well, of course my, not, because yeah, they're, yeah. they're a cultivated list yeah. that you've built. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. But, which you can't do on social media very easily. No. So, yeah. But it's a, it's a different animal, isn't it? It's, it's people that have already put their hand up and either bought from you or said that they're interested in, in you somehow because they've found their way to your list. Because people are precious about their email address. They won't just give it willy-nilly. No. So they, they want to, to be part of your community, your culture, to have given you an email address in the first place. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so... and it, But then, even so, of that 100, only 15 to 25 will open. Yeah. So it just shows you how distracted people are because even yeah. though they've given you their email address, they want to hear from you most of the time. Um, they still only twenty five percent of them national average will or international average. Well, how many emails were you getting at your peak? How many emails a day were you getting at one point? I remember us talking about this. It was insane the number of emails you were getting a day. Several hundred. Yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous, wasn't yeah. it? So. Well, yeah. I was. Uh, I I told you that stat about uh, journalists, didn't I? Because um, I'm working with a PR company at the moment and um, when you do a, a press release or something like that, you're trying to get in front of a journalist, they get something like 1,500 emails a day. That's ridiculous. And, it's like, and you wonder why you don't get seen. You know, yeah. it's, it's very difficult. But that's why your title has to be so compelling, but That's right? what I was coming to. So, so first of all, you want to make sure that it doesn't end up in the spam filter, as you were saying. So there's a few ways around that. Um, one, you, you just need to experiment. So um, you images and gifts and things like that are great in an email they look lovely but sometimes it means your email is not going to be open so um and same with links same with pdfs so uh, it sometimes depends on your mail provider mm. um which i'll go through some options in a minute but um if you're looking at a mail provider do kind of do some research about what their general open rates are well their delivery rates yes. as well not just oh, what yes, their course, yeah. open rates. Yeah. so this yes, is... I didn't mean open rates. I meant delivery. Sorry, right. delivery. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something that isn't discussed very often. No. Like you, you hear about all of these strategies to yeah. get your email open rates done and your conversion rates on sales and this kind of stuff. But what is what isn't discussed very often or is much noise about is there are platforms out there, mainstream platforms at yeah, that, yeah. right? That that you'll think to yourself, well, okay, well, I'll pay X amount a month. I've got a thousand in my email list or 5,000 or 500, whatever it is, right? And so you upload that that data into this platform and you're curating, like you'll sit there for ages building this perfect email that you want to send. You go, right, okay, let's just test this platform and you'll send go uh, through this platform to send it to your 500 or 5,000 people. Now, you'd be right in assuming, like any of us, that, well, okay, if it's 500 lists and you've sent and you said, right, send it to 500, that all 500 have now just received that email. Mm. And, and it's just a case of, oh, those 500 need to now, I need to now see how many of those 500 have actually decided to open the email or click on it. Well, you'd be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of platforms out there whose delivery rate doesn't even meet 100%. Some yeah. delivery rate is sub 50%, right? <laughs> yeah, there's some wow. shocking stats out there. When we dumped one, because we've been through several different platforms yeah. on email deliveries, it's one of the reasons why we chose HubSpot because yeah. its delivery rate was yeah. so high. But we were finding we were finding that people it wasn't just that people weren't opening the emails. The platform that we were paying were not actually sending the emails in the first place. They're only sending a certain percentage of those emails to a certain percentage. It's just nuts. So. Do you, well, if you are paying for a platform right now to manage your email responses or you're considering it, look, search on Google for delivery rates yes. for different things. Yeah. Um, companies do, like they can, certainly the, the great ones out yeah. there, will constantly be working to improve their delivery rates. Yeah, and rates. They, they will publish that information. If you can't find it on Google, just ask the platform directly. Yeah. You know, most of them will have help boxes on their websites and just ask in, in the chat there, you know, yeah. what is your delivery rate? And it's often the difference between your more expensive platforms versus yeah. your cheap platforms. Because yeah. 
a lot of we've had that question before it's like why don't i just use this free one over here or why don't i just do this yeah. it's really easy it's like well because yeah it looks very similar yeah but what it actually delivers is very very different yeah so so that's that's the first thing another <coughs> thing you can do is um there's a, a a service out there called glock apps um which will How do you spell that so G-L-O-C-K-A-P-P-S, Glock Apps, um, which I'll put a link to on the, on the website, but that will um, test your email for you um, as to how, uh, what kind of spam percentage they think it's got. And it will also give you suggestions. So, you know, um, you know include this image and you might not get it sent or whatever it is. Yeah. So it will give you, give you some help on that. Um, and then the other thing is, is your subject line. You know, if you have made it into people's inboxes, then um, you need a, a good subject line to get people to open it. And a couple of tips for that is if you've got the personalization right, you can include their name in the subject line. Mm. Um, and also emojis. And you think that everybody's looking through text. very text heavy um, an email platform, you've got a couple of emojis in your in your um, subject and it immediately stands out. So there's a couple of things there that will get people to, to look. So what's the thoughts on, because I'm, my thought is like if you say if you say you look you use something like Mailchimp. In fact, they all do it. If you use any of these um, email platforms, they all have these templates. Yeah. Right. So to make it look like almost like a uh, a magazine cover, yeah. right? Yeah. And they go, oh, this one's perfect for this industry, and this one's yeah, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. My personal view is that's pants. Be just only because whenever I receive, I'm way more likely to read an email that looks like it's been typed out by somebody that that doesn't look like a magazine cover it, than I am the other. It yeah. really depends on your audience. And again, with email, you, you kind of need to play around with it what, right. and, and really look at those stats. Okay. You know, play around with sending different things to your audience and see what increases your open rights. Because um, it's a I'm, split test. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. If I'm getting an email from um, some kind of marketing company or somebody's trying to get my business um, on a on a like a one-to-one level yeah. like i said about that company earlier that it just says their name and then it's, it's all very basic and it's all yeah, hand, yeah, yeah. almost handwritten as it were um that feels a lot more real but when i know something is clearly a company that i'm already subscribed to oh you'll read it i'm oh, perfectly happy for it to and, and if anything i'm expecting it to look nice because they're a company and i expect it to be presented a certain way yeah, i got you um so for example i did i did Think about that actually, and a couple of good examples that I like in my personal inbox. Uh, Reading Eggs, uh, which is a um, like homeschooling online computer-based learning uh, that our kids are subscribed to, mm-hmm. um, and they send regular emails that tells you your child's progress and things like that. And they also give, uh, which is an, another good tip, is they give lots of extra value of extra activities that you can do with your children at home that are kind of educational based. Um, and theirs is always laid out with the kind of reading eggs banner at the top right, and you know it's very clearly a company email and then it's got all along the bottom as well it's got all the ways I could share it totally. um you know Facebook Twitter etc etc and it's, it's just really well laid out um but I'm fine with that and I, and yeah. I expect it because it's a, it's a company email and it's something that I regularly get updates on the children and I'm I, I'm aware of what it's going to be if that makes sense yeah I guess I suppose there is no like kind of one way to do anything, no, is there? You have exactly. to you have to test everything. Yeah, that is- but it, with email, it's easier too because you yeah. have got your ready made audience there. They are your audience. Yes. So test what works best for them, and, yeah. and even ask them. You know, that's another thing you can do. Just send an email out. What what kind of content do you want, guys? What yeah. do you want to receive from me? What works best for you? Yeah, because in all of these episodes where we're talking about marketing and strategies and everything else, the the thing that all of us business owners are trying to solve is when we've got something to say, mm-hmm. being heard, yeah. haven't we? So finding uh, and trying to use channels to enable that to be, to yeah. be done. And yeah, emails, yeah. you've changed my because I was hesitant about emails the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, I remember, well, one caveat to how it looks though is making sure it's good on a mobile um, because mm-hmm. the majority of people will you read emails on their mobile and unfortunately, this is a bit of a sad statistic, but more than 60 of us, the first thing we do when we open our eyes in the morning is grab our phone and read our emails. 60%. 60% of adults, yeah. Wow. Which is kind of sad, I think, but I do it. Yeah, I think I do it as well. <laughs> but yeah, so um, uh, getting something that's mobile friendly, um, whether it's designed or not, is essential, really. Cause that's well, most, we yeah, most stuff 
is on mobile now. Yeah. Like, like most interactions for business and everything is mobile. Yeah. Because how many times like, we sit down with our laptops yeah. for several hours a day, but the mobile's with us wherever we go. Yeah, it? exactly. Um, and the other thing um, with that, that statistic of, of the morning is um, when to send your emails. So um, if, you, if you don't know your audience um, very well in terms of when they're likely to be looking at things, um, so there's, there's clear kind of um, obvious ones, you know, if your audience are um, uh, single mums, for example. Well, Renegs, they, they wouldn't send it, yeah, I know where you're going, but yeah. they're sending that to parents. Yeah, so when exactly, would they send so you email? wouldn't send it during the school run, for example. So the, yeah. there are some obvious ones that you do. Uh, here in France, um, it's, I don't know if you know this, but it's considered bad etiquette to send emails after 6pm. Oh, really? Yeah, um, and um, and they're very unlikely to be read at lunchtime because the, the French take a big... 12 to 2 every day. Every day. So, yeah, so there, there are kind of things that you can determine about your audience, but if you if you don't quite know where to start, sending an email first thing in the morning is a good bet. Because yeah, 8am yeah, is normally a really good time. Most people will read them first thing in the morning. Um, and also, statistically, um, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, for some reason, are, are better days. So if you can send morning emails on those days, that, that would do you quite well just as a starting point. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's, cru- that's crucial because if you go... Back to what we were describing in terms of the sheer number of emails that you receive yeah. or were, I think you've cut it down quite a bit now, but yeah. um, were receiving per day, like timing that right for you, yeah. it gives it way more chance. Yeah, it? absolutely. And I, I mean, mine's a, a, a bit difficult because a lot of the, the um, kind of marketing people I follow are in the States. Right. So obviously they're working for their time zone a lot yeah. of the time so I get emails like middle of the night but <laughs> so it doesn't really work with me but I, I know to look out for them uh, but that's the other thing keeping a consistent schedule um because I've, I've spoken about the um Monday email from uh, Mark Manson that he right. sends and he sends that every Monday and right. I, I know that that's going to be coming every Monday and um so I do kind of look out for it so keeping a consistent schedule is is really important because if yeah. you do start to get a fan base people are looking for it they they want to receive that email but it has to be value driven. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, all the yeah. time. That's what you say about like here's and yeah. reading eggs and all this kind of stuff. One of the worst things that you can do on email communications is just are you gonna buy it? You gonna buy? Yeah. It? I sent you an email the other day and I haven't heard from you yet. Can you buy? Are you yeah. gonna buy? Are you yeah. gonna buy? So, oh, that's the quickest way to get deleted or yeah. put on spam and all this kind of but stuff. But creating extra value for existing customers is an incredibly powerful way to keep your customers. Um, another good example I can think of is, is Disney Plus. Because um, mm. you, you didn't know this, but we're, we're um, subscribers to, to Disney Plus and quite honestly that would be enough i'm not going to cancel my subscription at any point because we like it yeah but they actually send emails weekly as well um with loads of activities for the kids to do and yeah. telling you what's coming up on the on the platform in the next couple of weeks or whatever and i think that's a really good value add because i was like mm, i wasn't expecting that yeah and you should think about like the life cycle of your customers so for yeah. example um we used to make the mistake years and years ago of thinking that oh well our customer's only on one day we only have our customer for one day um, with Smiley Booth, Photo Booth hired. So, yeah. like, well, they're booking us for their party or their wedding. So, and then the penny dropped and we're like, hang on a sec. No, no, that's not the case. We get our customer from the day they pay us the deposit yeah. for their event. So the way it works with our Photo Booth hire business is we can get booked today for an event in 12, 18 months time. Yeah. So effectively, we've got a customer from today for the next 18 months. Yeah. So we've got all the way leading up to the event and post events. So it's like, well, how can I look after that customer? How can I create value and how can I make sure that their event on the day of their event is is way better yeah. for having us there and way better than they initially thought it could be when they first booked with us. Yeah. And that completely changed our thinking on customer journey and customer yeah. life cycle. And you might be thinking, well, yeah, but I'm a hairdresser. I always use hairdressers for some reason. But <laughs> I'm a hairdresser. So they come in on one day and then that's it. It's like, well, no, it's not because... You've got uh, a service in which that person will come back. If you've yeah. done a good enough job, they'll come back maybe next three weeks' time or four weeks' time or whatever it is. So what can you do between 
today and the next time they come in to really improve their experience. Well, so, and you can do so much with personalization in that particular example and segmentation. You know, you can be sending them emails for their hair type, yeah. you know, um, what kind of styles suit their face shape, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. what products would be good for them, all sorts of things you could do with that. Yeah, yeah. and your and yeah, loads of upsell opportunities, yeah. relationship building opportunities. And how many blooming hairdressers and things like that have we ever heard or seen do that? Never. I no, and it's like, I think the more... The more all of us business owners start thinking about our businesses like almost like membership organisations, yeah, we treat our uh, our customers like it's a membership organisation instead of a one to one service. Yeah, we we think about how entirely different about how we communicate with our customer base. Yeah. If you, and if you look at the big boys on this, like Apple, yeah, and stuff like that's all they do. Yeah, of course. You, yeah. Like you just you you don't realise this at the time as a consumer, but you're paying an annual subscription to be part of their service, right? Yeah. You upgrade your phone for the next 12 months 24 months whatever it is that's your annual subscription well, it's even more than a membership is it's like a fan club <coughs> that's what you're trying yeah. to build isn't it if yeah. you think of the really old-fashioned fan clubs when you used to send off your subscription you get your pack of like whatever yeah. you were a fan of that's what you're kind of you know trying to generate with with your audience now yeah and that's and that's what i mean about a membership organization yeah. like be be like completely trans forming your idea of what what these customers are actually doing with your business yeah yeah because that that means that you're we've talked about lifetime value before about customers on a on a i think it's a pricing strategy mm-hmm. uh, po- uh podcast episode we did um a little while back but um the more you can increase the lifetime value of a customer the more you'll be prepared to spend to keep that customer yes, yeah so again the hairdresser analogy which i used in that pricing thing was mm-hmm. well the guy out there that charges ten quid for well twenty quid for a haircut is is probably only ever gonna and and gets that with customer once is never gonna spend more than twenty quid to get a customer because yeah. he's he's losing a lot of money at that point uh, or he's just losing money, whereas the guy that has that customer that comes in three four five twelve times a year or whatever it is and pays twenty quid is gonna be prepared to spend way more. Yeah. So that's and what emails get his family and friends as well. Exactly. <laughs> and that and I think emails is one of the is one of the only ways. Yeah. They to to engage people in that way yeah. and create that membership type experience, yeah. isn't it? So lastly, I just want to cover like where do you start? So if you're you're listening to this and you think, "Well, I don't really have a list." I mean, you've got customers. So that that's where you would start is is cultivating with your customers and and I I challenge you to first of all um, build a like five sequence email, five emails uh, for a new customer. So someone comes to you and they, they buy or they make an inquiry. What five emails can you create to kind of follow up with that person? Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that is where you would start. And then you would do that for various different things. And then as your list grows, you, you begin to segregate that. And as I say, we'll, we'll cover um, list building in the next Marketing Monday episode, which... Yeah. Um, in you know obviously seven days time um and the can, other, can i just say you so, said oh you've got customers if you haven't got customers because yeah. 2020 sucks <laughs> um but you might have fans on a particular platform like instagram or mm-hmm. facebook or people that follow you think try and think of strategies to lift people out of these other platforms that yeah. recognize your business and convert them onto your email list yeah stop thinking about one-to-one sales and think about it as a journey that someone has to go through to eventually end up buying your service so okay well they've liked my facebook page could i get that person who likes my facebook page what would i have to give them to get them to give me my give them my email give them their email address and then think about it along them lines like how could you get them down that journey yeah yeah that's a good point um the other thing is to bucket your content so um if if, as i say go write a five five email campaign Mm. do it all at once bucket that that task so that you're not grabbing it oh i should be sending my list an email because it's tuesday and and kate and lee said that tuesday was a great day so uh, and you just throw out any old email you know bucket your content creation um and sit down and really plan out something thoughtful um because email as i say it is precious people are precious about their email address and um you can quite easily turn someone off and they don't want to hear from you again yeah. so you do have to treat it carefully don't do experiment do try different things 
but put thought into it and yeah. um, um, make sure that you're creating value for people. Um, and so the last thing is um, what kind of platforms are out there? You've heard us mention it a few times, different platforms you can use. MailChimp is one of the most popular and one of the uh, lowest cost. I'll be 100% honest, I've never got on with it personally. I, I just don't, I've never particularly liked the user face, but lots of people swear by it. So MailChimp is, is, a, is a good start. Um, we use HubSpot. Um, HubSpot can be extremely expensive depending on um, what you're using of it. Yeah, it does we, have a starter set up as well. Yeah, it? it does. We have a kind of one of their top runs for Smiley yeah. Booth, photo booth hire to man help manage all the franchisees, yeah. contacts and everything else. But um, but yeah, they do have free solutions as well. Yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Weird noise come out of my throat. Um, the one thing I would... Um, caution you on things like HubSpot um, and where MailChimp probably beats HubSpot certainly to begin with is that HubSpot requires some kind of building mm -hmm. whereas MailChimp is just literally a plug and play yes. where you have to have some a level of sophistication yeah. to understand that's why I've never understood it. why I've not got on with MailChimp but I've personally no. just haven't no I get it I feel the same about MailChimp no. I feel like yeah it's I don't know why but, no yeah. a couple of others that are good is Constant Contact um, we used to use it a long time ago. I loved it um, for its use, but its deliverability at the time wasn't wasn't great. I should imagine it's probably better now. People still recommend it, so that's definitely one that you could look at, but just check out its deliverability. Yeah, because its user interface was really nice. Oh, it was brilliant. It was, yeah. it was my favourite, um, but yeah. it just wasn't... The delivery rates were... Weren't good for well, us. Low, yeah. but, uh, but as I say, that was a few years back, so it could, may well have improved. It's um, cheap as well, I think. It is, yeah. Active Campaign um, is another good one. I'm actually looking at that at the moment for one of our businesses. Um, Send in Blue is a, another one. I've got no um, experience with that one, but I do know a lot of people that use it as well. But there's hundreds out there. Um, there is actually another one that I'm about to try, try that I only discovered the other day called Flowdesk. So I'm actually going to look at that today. But doesn't um, <laughs> Russell Brunson's one as well have a whole email? Email, or is that a little no, bit? No, it's funnels. Uh, okay, so I, it's all sales funnels. Yeah, I'm going to do an episode on uh, funnels at some point and right. to explain the process to people um, or explain how you get the best out of it if you're already aware of funnels. But no, he doesn't have a, an email yeah, sending okay. uh, facility. But you do you do want to use something. Um, whenever we've kind of set up a new business, I've been very tempted always just to keep using Gmail because it's just easy and I like to be able to see one-to-one -one and I can be a bit stuck in my ways and kind of old-fashioned with that but if you're going to be doing email properly and you need to be measuring it you need to see your open rates yeah. um you do need to use a system of some yeah some I mean to the point where we've played with uh, gmail add-ons to try and make to try and make it into one of these mail mailing yeah. platforms and there are some interesting plugins that you can get for gmail um which will tell you okay someone opening the emails is someone clicking the emails and this kind of stuff but the problem is the way it's presented um, is, is not very intuitive and soon becomes irrelevant. Like you don't yeah. end up using the data. Whereas the beauty of things like MailChimp and the ones that you just mentioned yeah. is they present the data in such a way where you can quickly see, oh, that was that worked and that didn't. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would caution you on, by the way, if you're considering sending out a lot of emails through something like Gmail, is there are certain hacks that you can do uh, or, or certain services within Gmail that allow you to send en masse to people. And it says, oh, and th there's a there's loads of stuff on how to create groups of people that you send it. Just don't ever do it. Because what ends up happening is all of those email addresses end up in the top. Yeah, yeah. It's like send to, and then you give it. And how many times have we seen businesses do that yeah, to us? Yeah. They've sent us an email, and we then see everybody else's email <laughs> yeah. that they sent it to as well. And it's the moment I see that, I'm like, delete. Yeah, it's just it's a really bad especially thing to if do. it's a real personal. We really like your business and we'd like yeah. to work specifically with you, and then you see like four hundred others. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so Gmail's great in a lot of ways, but in terms of mass email sending, or not even mass, just like. Just anything to try and make your life easier, it's not that great. Yeah, and these other ones as well, um, they will interact <coughs> with your CRM. Some of them are a CRM. HubSpot is a CRM at the same time. Um, a lot of them have uh, list building tools. As I say, we'll go over list building next week, but they'll have things like um, forms that you can add to your website or landing pages that you can create um, or at least 
links that you can link to landing page software as well so um, APIs I mean uh, so you can get the two working together so there's lots of benefits with using an email system in fact it's a must really God, if you're in business and you're not using one, you're nuts. Yeah, and and a lot of them have either free plans to start with. You know, if you're like, oh, well, I've only got five people on my list, a lot of them will either have free plans or really low cost for like naught to 500 subscribers or something yeah. like that, where, the, where they're literally like five or $10 a month. You know, they're, they're not expensive. Yeah, and just to underline the point about you, every business used to be, needs to be using these types of things. Um because we hear this sometimes from small business owners and um, we've heard it before from a couple of our franchisees. And like, I like to do everything myself. It's like, that's a complete waste of your time doing every one of those interactions yourself. You are, it's fine if you're spending the rest of your day on business strategy that's, that, that moves your business forward. But if you're not doing that and you're spending all your time at the front line of your business, then your business isn't going to grow. It's yeah. going to just either stagnate or go backwards because... The moment you get slightly more busy and you get slightly more emails, you, you'll be at capacity yeah. and you won't be able to do anything. Well, and it's also so confusing because, I, I, as I say, I've definitely been guilty of, of that, um, especially when it's a new business and we're not quite sure where we're going with it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to set up a big email campaign. I just want to send a few emails out. And I've, um, I've done that. And I did it with the, the care homes um, with Say It as well. Even though we are using email, I was just like, oh, I just want to send these few emails. Yeah, yeah. But the moment you start getting responses, it gets lost, obviously, in all your oh, email. It's and it's nightmare. really confusing. Whereas if I had that as a campaign, it's going to take care of itself. It's going to mm -hmm. show me, like, these people responded and they, they want to go ahead. So that's going into that segmentation. It does it all for you. Yeah, your, <laughs> your job as a business owner should be managing the responses to your campaigns. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, uh, and making sure they're segmented in the right yeah. way and they're seeing the right content at the right time. And when you talk about funnels down in, in the future, that they're in the right place in the sales funnel. Yeah. So that you you know, okay, well, that activity created that return. Yeah. And that's your job as a business owner. Your job is not to do all the little widgets all the time. Yeah. And that's like if if you've always been in that place where you're always at the front line of your business, you haven't got a business, you've got a job. Yeah. That's the reality of it. Stop having a job. You've got to be the business owner and putting systems in place to scale it at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, very much so. There you go, you've been told. <laughs> Um, yeah. it's told you off yeah. cool. <laughs> so that's it for today um, tomorrow is uh, Top 10 Tuesday and so we will see you then yeah have a good day all bye